Engage Contingency Plan Alpha. Engage Contingency Plan Alpha. <laughs> this is According to Callus. And yes, we're, we're putting it out a little late today. Why? Well, it's the last day of the month, January 31st, the year of our Lord, 2024, episode 573. And let me just tell you, between life and my day job, I've been slammed the last couple of days. But you know what? It's good. It's good to be alive. It's good to be making a difference. And it's good to be back with you here on my program. Today, we're going to talk about the primaries. Why? Why am I bringing the primaries up again? Well, one of the organizations that I belong to has put out their endorsement list. And I know there's a number of other endorsement lists that have gone out. And I will say this. We have a lot of races where we have more than one good candidate or more than one qualified candidate for the. So it comes down to a judgment call. So in those races, I'm going to try and give you a couple of positives for each candidate and the other races where, in my opinion, my humble opinion, <laughs> it, it's uh, not really a close call. I'm just going to tell you flat out why I think the other or why candidate A, if you will, is the best candidate. Hmm. Before we get into the program, let me remind you the best way you can help me, the best way you can build the program, the best way that we can keep getting the word out, overcome the algorithms and all that other nonsense is to do something as simple as liking the program, sharing the program, following the program, tagging for notifications on the program. And while we're at it, you know, join us on the social media of your choice. As I said, I have both a page and a group over at Facebook. I drop in over at Gab and MeWe. And, you know, the social media, it's a challenge. It's a real challenge to stay on top of it. And I'm doing my best. I am still a one-man show. I don't imagine I'll ever graduate from that. And that's a-okay. I'm, I'm happy to be who I am because I got to be me. And that's why we're here. And hopefully that's why you're listening. I'm here to speak the truth as I understand it and stand up in the gap and call them as I see them, be as fair as an objective as possible. It's not always possible. And lastly, just be honest, just be honest. And occasionally I'm going to get things wrong. Occasionally I'm going to misunderstand things. Occasionally I'm just going to miss things altogether. But you know what? That's what I have the audience for. If you catch me on something, if you find something that you think I've gotten wrong, that I misunderstand, feel free. Send me a text, send me an email, give me a call. I'm all ears. And look, I got I to gotta be honest. This is a brutal month for me personally, for my family, for the show. Everything has been rough. But we're not quitting. We're not going anywhere. And uh, not that I wish to ignore the problem, but, but we have issues. We have issues in the party I belong to. We have issues in the county that I serve my party at. And those things, I, I want to keep them in-house. I want to avoid making everything public and airing out the dirty laundry. But sometimes, oh my gosh, sometimes. <clears throat> With that, here we go on to the program. I don't want to bore you all <laughs> the details. We're going to talk about primaries. Now, some of you may be aware, I've been a longtime uh, member of the former McKinney Tea Party. We They morphed into the Collin County Patriots. I stepped down from leadership 
for about a year and a half to two years. And, and I joined them when we merged in the, the Constitutional Texans group, um, finding good volunteers, solid volunteers that are going to give their time, their efforts, and sometimes even their money for something that has, let's say, not a huge payoff. That's hard. And, and finding people that can do that consistently for a long period of time, that's even harder still. So I applaud the fact that there are people that are willing to do that. But I also want to point out we have like 30 different Republican or conservative groups in Collin County. I'm really not sure who's being served by having that many clubs and groups. And it really at times seems to be a big, big challenge because you don't know who you're talking to. You don't know what the pivot is. You don't you don't know what the connections are. And you feel like you're in a challenge to have the next best speaker or the next most exciting event or I wish we could set aside some of this turf war stuff, some of this personality issue stuff and focus on working together to get good people into elected roles that can support us in government and also represent us. And while we're at it, continue to build a bench. Unfortunately, (laughs) that just doesn't seem to be the way we're going. That doesn't matter to me personally, because I'm going to keep standing up and keep doing what I think is best, keep doing what I find motivating, and hopefully you'll come along for the ride and you'll join with me. So here we go. We're dealing with the Republican primary of 2024. Now, let me be clear. I don't know what's going on in the Libertarian Party. I think they choose all their candidates through a convention, which I think is pretty cool. I'm glad that they do that. Uh, The Democrats, I would probably pluck my eyes out before I would vote for a Democrat, but it is conceivable somewhere in the state of Texas, there is a Democrat that would not cause me to pluck my eye out. Um, That being said, there really aren't any other choices. Now, perhaps somebody out in the ether, somebody somebody just sitting on the sidelines that's so disgusted with the Democrat Party, and, and at this point, equally disgusted with my Republican Party, wonders, well, what could we do? Is there, I don't know, a Lone Star Party out there? Is there a Texas First organization? Is there a Texas First Party? You know what? These are good questions. I I threw out a Texas First logo. I believe very strongly that Texas First is the way going forward. Whether they're a Republican that subscribes to the Texas First format or the Texas First um, principles, which have yet to be developed, um, or they're an independent or some kind of moderate that says, well, I'm maybe not a hundred percent on board, but I do like the idea of considering Texas and Texas ideas first and foremost. And we should make those the first considerations when we're doing things. Why do we worry about what New York or California want? We're in Texas and we should put Texas first. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm right there with you. And of course, there's nothing to prevent them from partnering with anybody or any existing party or group or club I just want Texas first to be a thing. And I think that if we continue to push the idea of Texas first, we can build that culture of independence that I keep talking about. The culture of independence is the one thing that's going to pull us back from the precipice of destruction. And, and I hate to sound like I'm a doomer. I'm not. I think there's lots of good things out there. I think there's plenty of things we can do. I don't think all is lost. But if you continue to sit by the sideline, if you continue to just coast, if you continue to trust that if somebody's got the right initial after their name on a ballot, that they're automatically qualified and the best person that you should support, I got news for you. That often is not the case. So let's go forward here. 
Okay, so I'm going to be quick about this. Uh, do we need to say anything about Donald Trump? No, we're going to pass. Do we need to say anything about Ted Cruz? No, we're going to pass. So we got House District 3, House District 4. Now, I'm going to say this. I happen to know uh, two of the people challenging Keith Self. I like Keith Self personally. I think he's done a good job. He is definitely a 90 percenter in my book, maybe higher still. I really don't have any major issues. I, I do find it concerning that he's a little more uh, pro interference in what's going on in Ukraine. I, I'm, I'm not uber comfortable with that, but dealing with the climate and dealing with his background, I kind of get some of it. But in, at this point, that's not a disqualification. That, that's maybe a cause for concern. And it, for you, if that is a disqualification, you know, I'm not really sure who you get to vote for with a clean conscience, except for my buddy, Jeremy. <laughs> and Jeremy uh, Ivanos Ivanovsky is going to be running again. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to call him my friend. I'm glad that he's willing to run. Uh, I think he faces the same huge uphill battle. Um, but I think he's a good dude, and I think he's very concerned about the Constitution, following the Constitution, what's going on in D.C., and what Texas can and should be doing about that. And for that reason alone, I'm going to bring up his name and tell you you should check him out. And I know full well the chances of him winning are extremely low. But here's the thing. He's doing the right thing. He's doing what he feels led to do. And I support that always. And even though I like Keith Self and even though I intend to vote for Keith Self in November, I don't think I hurt Keith at all by talking about this guy. I, I think that if they were to sit down and have an adult beverage, they probably are going to agree on 90 plus percent of the things. I think, I think that the best thing that could happen is if we keep a dialogue up with our good serving Congressman Keith Self. That being said, I have nothing against Suzanne Harp. I've had multiple conversations with her and her supporters and I'll let Acknowledge she has lots of good qualities. I'm just not sure why she's choosing to run against Keith Self. It makes no sense to me other than she lost and she wants another shot at it. I, I, again, I can't fault her for that, um, but I don't think it's going to make any difference. I know there's at least one more guy running, and it, I don't know. The only significant challenger that I'm aware of Suzanne Harp, and of course, I give my kudos and my raised glass, if you will, <laughs> to uh, my buddy J Jeremy Ivanowski. That being said, you know, that's what you got CD3. Okay, CD4, uh, I wish we had a good challenger running, I really do, but we're going to be stuck with Pat Fallon again. Now, Pat likes to say he's done nothing wrong. Pat likes to say that he's Mr. Conservative. I will say in many ways he's done good things. He's got a decent track record in the House and the Senate before he ever became a congressman. But I am curious as to why he was willing to step down and run for SD30. I am curious as to what some of the other back, background stuff is going on here. I'm not sure what that all means. But I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to get an incumbent whether you like it or not. In uh, House District uh, 32... You've got a couple of different choices down there. I got to be honest, there's such a small sliver of 32 in Collin County, and I haven't had an opportunity to look into or talk to those guys. I can't with good conscience give you my strong opinion one way or the other. I will tell you the Collin County Patriots have uh, chosen to support Daryl Day. I can't really argue with them on that, 
All right. Texas Railroad Commissioner, uh, apparently they want to keep uh, Christy Craddock. Again, I, I don't see any reason to not do that. Now, here's where it gets interesting. So we've got the Texas State Board of Education. Now, I'll be direct with you. I am not a non-biased individual. At least one of those candidates is a good personal friend of mine. I think he's a quality guy. I think he fights the good fight. I think he's put up with a ton of garbage coming out of McKinney ISD, including from the McKinney mayor. That being said, there's two other candidates, um, a lady out of um, Park Cities. I can't think of her name off the top of my head. I apologize. I mean, no disrespect. And of course, Matt Rastami is running as well. Uh, and I can only remember him because his signs are everywhere. Um, look, I, I I have mixed feelings. I don't think Pam Lindell's awful. I, I certainly don't think she's like Satan spawn or anything, but I have seen evidence to suggest that she isn't what she says she is. I have seen evidence to suggest that she's voted and supported things that somebody calling themselves a conservative ought not be doing that. But as far as the details... I don't know. This is this is some something that because of my <laughs> lack of concern for government schools, I haven't again spent a whole lot of time in it. And again, I have a friend that's running for this seat and I'm going to support him and vote for him regardless, and I do think he's the best guy for the role. And just today, we see that there's stuff with the uh, guy that was running the permanent education fund. And he, he spent an enormous amount of money with apparently no oversight from the Texas Board of Education. That should be a problem. Um, went and paid for some very expensive office space, which again, apparently with no oversight, then is looking to expand his number of his employees from 75 to 150 with zero justification for that. And oh, by the way, this guy is still letting BlackRock, whom the state of Texas has decided to break ties, rightfully so with, and he refuses to take action on that. So they finally ran him off, but it wasn't the Texas Board of Education that decided to do that. No, it had to be outside forces, outside people that came in and put pressure on them to do the right thing. So my question is, where was Pam Little on this? And maybe, maybe she did the right thing. I don't know. I would encourage you to, if you know her, to find out, ask her. Put her on record. Yeah, I didn't support that. We should have fired him a long time ago. We're paying a guy $400,000 and 75 employees couldn't get the job done. So he thought he needed 150 and give me some justification for that. I mean, I suppose maybe there's a reason. I'm just not buying it. And at the end of the day, the current member of the Texas Board of Education is Pam Little as the incumbent. And I think those are legitimate questions to ask her. And we're not calling her names. We're not besmirching her. We're just asking, well, why did you know about this? And were you on board with what was done about it? And what are you going to do to prevent this from happening in the future? I think those are legitimate questions, just like you would ask any member of a board that has oversight on something. Okay. Uh, and again, my buddy's Chad Green, right? Green for uh, Texas State Board of Education, District 12. That's who I support. That's who I think you should give a strong consideration to. But again, I mean, if you like Pam, I mean, that's your choice, but you should know why. All right. Uh, again, we got the Texas Supreme Court place four. John Devine is the incumbent. They want, you know, they're supporting his reelection. They've got a court of criminal appeals, uh, Gina Parker running. They support her as well. 
Of course, Bob Hall's on here. I don't think anybody doubts that Bob Hall's the best Texas senator we've got. Uh, state senator, that is. So, of course, yeah. Then they can starts getting some of the tougher things here. So I'm going to skip those temporarily and go down to some county level stuff. And then I'm going to circle back to the state senator races and state representative races. Okay. So they have picked for the district judge in 401st court, Kim Lassiter. Now I will admit I did not get to participate in any kind of round table or any forum with these judges. I'm going to just say right off the bat, I think all three are qualified based upon what I've seen and what I've read. And I think it's going to come down to a personality or presentation. You need to make your own decision. You need to go do a little research into who you think best reflects what you would like to see in the court. The challenge is, is when they're running for judge, they're, they're bound by judicial ethics and they can't really ask, or I'm sorry, they can't really answer political questions that they might be asked because those questions may show up in their court. And, and for whatever reason, we still believe that these guys are completely objective and separate and above all that when no, they never are, but we expect them to be able to set that aside when there's a case in front of them. And I have one for one would like to know what does somebody actually think about certain things beforehand and whether or not there's evidence or, or specifics that could get them to change their mind. I think that's a fair way of looking at it. But again, what do I know? So, of course, Collin County Patriots have decided to go with Kim Lassiter. I, I don't have anything negative or positive to say about that. We'll leave that alone. Uh, for the sheriff, they're going to support Jim Skinner. Again, I happen to know the sheriff. I mean, it's not like we go out and have... Um, dinner together, but I know him. He knows me. I like the guy. I respect the guy. Is he perfect? No, but is anybody perfect? No, but I'm happy to have him back as a sheriff. So we'll go on beyond that. And then we've got the county tax collector assessor now, or assessor collector. There are three people in this race. I did get an opportunity to interview or moderate a debate with these three. And I got to say, I, I did a critique. You can go back and look at that. Right, It was day two of the debates and my thoughts on that. At the end of the program, the guy that seemed to have the most confidence and the most competence based upon what I heard was clearly Scott Gregg. Now, you might want to go vote for one of the other two people, and that's your choice. I'm not going to say anything negative about either one of them. I, I don't think anything negative about anyone, either one of them. But for me, personally, I think Scott Gregg is the best choice. I mean, he's certainly been running the longest. He certainly has the most uh, relevant experience. He certainly is most interested in doing the job. I said, we give him a chance. The, Ken Mons finally retired. And, you know, and as a little aside here, my understanding, of course, I, I've got this, you know, both secondhand and I guess some of it firsthand. Scott asked for basically the blessing of Ken to run the first go round. Ken gave it to him then reneged it, right? He came back and said, well, no, I'm going to run again. So then after he defeated Scott, um, would it be any surprise to you why Scott would leave that office? I mean, you go after the man and you lose to the man. Do you really want to keep working for the man? I mean, he transferred out. He went and did something else, brushed up and rounded out his skill set. My understanding uh, and then he ended up working in another section of the county 
I have no fault for that. I have no problem with that. Again, if you go after the boss man and you lose, you probably got to get out of his path. <laughs> so it's no surprise that he's decided to endorse somebody else. And in my opinion, I don't really care. That doesn't mean anything to me. But that being said, that's where we're at. And uh, Cam and Angela, I, I, I've met both of them. I, I don't have any negative thoughts towards either one of them. But I just, I think, based upon what I know, Scott's the best choice. Now, County Commissioner Race, Precinct 3. Now, again, full disclosure, I know Daryl Hale personally. I helped get Daryl Hale elected the previous two times that he's run. Or is it three times now? I can't even remember. From the onset, I've been on the Hale Yes bandwagon. He's done a great job. Again, maybe not perfect. Uh, easily a 95 percenter in my book based upon what they do at the county level. Uh, I know some people are upset because he hasn't done enough on their favorite topic. Okay, but everything else, he's done the right thing. He stood by the right thing. He supported the right things. I, I, I don't really see any reason not to support the guy. And then coincidentally, he had a opponent again this time around who then dropped out of the race just before our debates. So he skipped out on the debates. I guess he took another job or whatever, but then he decided not to keep the, uh, I'm not sure what happened, but apparently he's running again now. So I got to say, don't know the guy. Haven't really talked to the guy. Don't hate the guy, but I'm really, I'm beside myself. If you want to run to be the county commissioner, don't you think you ought to run to be the county commissioner? Why in the world would you drop out midway through the primary season for a couple of weeks only to then turn around again and say, well, I guess I am still going to run. That's very odd. That's very weird. Uh, I would say it's almost flaky. Not sure I want that guy working for me in the county commissioner's office, whether I agree with the guy or not, whether, whether he's a 95% or not, you make a decision and you stick with it. Uh, that's very disappointing. For me, for me, that's almost an automatic uh, disqualification. I won't quite go that far, but boy, I, I just, I can't take the guy seriously. And, and, I, and again, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but if you're going to make a choice about a guy that's been there for a term and a half and done a great job, as far as we can all see, why in the world would you want to go switch horses uh, for a guy that's not even sure he wanted to stay in the race? Next up, we have Constable Precinct 1. Now, in many ways, this is kind of a no-brainer. Uh, Matt Carpenter is running for re-election. I've met Matt. I like Matt. As far as I can tell, he's done a good job. I know Chris Trevino. I talked to Chris Trevino. Not like we're best buddies or anything. I know why he's running. He feels like it's the right thing to do. I don't blame him. They ran a very stand-up campaign. Nobody's you know talked trash. Nobody said anything. But at this point, again, Matt's got the job. He's been doing a good job. I'm not sure why you'd swap him out. Uh, again, no disrespect to my friend Chris. You know, perhaps he can find something else that he can run for or do in the future. Probably be an open city council race coming up here, Chris. I'll be happy to support you for that as well. But I think I think the best thing to do is stick with Matt Carpenter, a competent guy and uh, well-liked doing the job. And that's all we need is somebody to go do the job. Now it gets a little interesting here. And again, everything I've told you is based off of what the Collin County Patriots have done. And if I differ with them, I'll tell you that flat out. So 
Constable Precinct 4. Now, this is interesting because it's an open seat. So we got a guy by the name of Steve Asher running, and we've got a, another guy by the name of Mike Rumsfeld running. Now, I, I know Mike. I wouldn't say we're close friends, but I know him. We've spoke off and on for a couple of years now. I've met Steve. I think they're both qualified guys. I think they're both quality guys. I had the opportunity to listen to their answers for the debate. And for me personally, and, and again, you can feel free to disagree. You can feel free to draw your own conclusion. I am not here to sell you on what my opinion is. I'm here to tell you what my opinion is. And you determine if what I have to say affects your choice or, or contrary, you decide, well, if that's what Callis wants, I want to do this instead. It's okay. I take no, I, I take no uh, anger out of that. It's, it's fine. So me personally, a person running for elected office as a law enforcement person that is actually in support of red flag laws, that in and of itself to me is, uh, that's a red flag. That's a problem. Um, I realize it's a very nuanced topic. I realize there's a whole lot of other stuff going on there, but I would much rather say or hear being said from somebody running to be in law enforcement as an elected official. You know, I don't really think red flag laws are cracked up to what they ought to be. I don't think they're nuanced enough. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that's a necessary tool for what I do. I, I would like to see some caution. I would like to see some reverence for the constitution, particularly this person's taken an oath to support and defend the constitution. And in my humble opinion, red flag laws subvert the constitution. They work against the constitution. They are not your friend. So in my opinion, from what I heard from Steve Asher in his, I guess what I'd call not complete support, but positive outlook towards red flag laws. That's kind of a problem for me. It is. Again, I'm not saying it disqualifies guy. If that's your preference, I, again, I got nothing else bad to say. The only other thing that is again, and I don't know what his answer is on this. I, I, and I only heard second or third hand, but when you're talking about um, the idea where you can step in and uh, I'll, give me a second. I'm going to get the right word here. I'm sorry. I was thinking about asset forfeiture, right? <laughs> Talk about something that's been abused. Now, the idea being that is you can confiscate proceeds of crime, right? Or the property that may have been gained from crime. But the way that's designed and the way it operates in modern America is they go ahead and take your property and they make you prove your innocence. Now, I don't know about you, but that's kind of turning the whole judicial process upside down. It's inverting the way it was intended. And again, anybody that is in law enforcement that they're running for office based off of something to where they're kind of okay with that, or at least they're not willing to say cautionary things about it. That's an issue. Now, from what I heard secondhand, and again, take it for what it's worth. Uh, again, I, I don't know, but anybody would support that. I got a, I got a red flag there for that too. Uh, and I can't, I can't say that where Mr. Asher stands on that one way or the other, but I can tell you from talking to uh, Mike Rumsfeld, he realizes that's a, that's a problematic uh, application 
and he understands that there's ways that can be handled without being abused. And, and, I, and I appreciate that. I, I know there's some valid purposes behind that, but emphasizing some. And, and to be fair, my sheriff, Jim Skinner, has also said, hey, you know, we don't look to go pe- take people's stuff. But if it's obviously a mule truck or a car, that's a different story, which, of course, I wholeheartedly agree with. So that's something that really needs to be taken into account. Okay, so uh, we've finished that up. Let me jump back up and deal with the uh, the other te- Senate race and the uh, Texas House. I'm, I'm running out of time here, so I want to be <sighs> cognizant of that. So look, you've got Senate District 30. There's at least three good candidates running. And none of them live in District 12. To me, in many ways, it's kind of a toss-up race. I'm comfortable with all three possibilities, right? Uh, There's the doctor, there's Jace, and there's Cody. Pick one, choose one. Let's get a runoff out of this. I I don't want Brent Hagebaugh in there. I I think he did a terrible job as the county uh, chairman. And he's being gifted this seat for reasons that are beyond my understanding. Uh, just he should be disqualified in many, many different ways. So pick your person. And if we get the runoff, then we can go from there. I would give a slight edge to Jace, but that's just it. A slight edge. Um, any of the other two candidates that actually live in the district, I would encourage you to do your own research. Make sure you pick the one. Uh, that you like best. And I, and I kind of did review a, a little bit on what they had to say. And that entirety of that uh, forum is on this page, according to Cal. So I encourage you, check it out, make sure that you're comfortable with the person you choose. All right, so you got House District 33, hands down, Dennis Loudon, now, or sorry, London. I'm not 100% sure that Holland is beatable, but if anybody's going to beat him, uh, I'd put my money on Dennis London. I've gotten to meet, or I've gotten to meet the guy several times over the last couple of years. I believe he's a good, solid conservative guy. Um, the only hope we have is that the governor has decided to not support Justin Holland. Kind of an arrogant jerk. That's all I'm going to say. Um, That being said, there is at least one other person running that race that's not Justin Holland. If you really want to vote for them, I I won't beat you up for that, I promise. (laughs) Uh, House District 61. I got to say, I told some people early on, if you're going to run somebody against Frederick Frazier, you better get a rock star. You know, Frederick's not perfect. Frederick's not been my first choice from the get-go, but he's done a good job. He's highly effective. I don't see a good, a good option of replacing him. I don't dislike the other two people running against him. But at the end of the day, I'm going to stick with the guy that I got. Sorry. I know it's going to disappoint some people. I know it's going to upset some people. I'm going I'm to probably be called a rhino for that. Uh, but that's the thing. This is not an endorsement. It's just a, hey, it, pick, your, pick your poison there, guys. And then maybe I'll go to runoff. It could get interesting. Uh, he did lose some. He did lose some key endorsements. I imagine that's going to hurt him to some degree, but I, I'm not going to endorse in that race. I'm not. I'm just not worth it. Um, 
House District 66, again, I don't dislike either guy. I I do like Matt Shaheen personally. Is he perfect? No. Is he well above the 70 percentile? Yeah. Um, For me, I'd prefer to stick with Shaheen. You might feel otherwise. Again, I'll probably get called names, have accusations labeled after me. This is not an endorsement. It's just a suggestion, (laughs) maybe even call it a recommendation. I don't know. And again, I don't dislike the guy running against him. Wayne Richards, a good guy. If that's your choice, go for it. Uh, House District 67. In fairness, they probably could have run anybody that had an R after their name, and I would have been enthusiastic to support them over (laughs) Jeff Leach. But I got to be honest, Jeff Leach is a very effective legislature or legislator. He has been there, done that. I'm not his biggest fan. I'm, in fact, I'm going to tell you, you should go uh, vote for Dar- Darren Mice. I like Darren Mice personally. I don't know if he's going to be able to beat him. But if you're going to beat the guy, this is your one chance. And I honestly believe he needs to be taken down a peg. That's just my thought. Make of it what you will. Uh, House District 89, for me, this is an easy one, too. I know Abraham George. I like Abraham George. I don't necessarily dislike Candy, but Candy brings nothing to the table that excites me. She's done nothing of any note. She doesn't advocate for Collin County. She sends out some nice reports. She's a pleasant enough lady. I think Abraham is much better suited for the role. Just like Darren, probably would have supported anybody that ran against her, but Abraham has his the best chance of beating Candy Noble. I'm not sure that anybody had a better chance of beating Jeff Leach, but at the end of the day, if we get stuck with both of them, we do, but you have two good choices here. House District 67, Darren Mice, and House District 89, Abraham George, both solid alternatives. I don't know if they're going to be able to get past the primary, but I am grateful that they decided to run, and that's where we're at. Okay, oh, and then House District 70. To me, it's kind of a toss-up. I don't have a favorite. I really don't. And the first Republican across the line is who we're going to be running with in December. And I really, really am disappointed that we did not spend more time recruiting, building up, and promoting the one person that has an opportunity of removing a Democrat in all of Cowan County. That was a huge miss. There's a whole lot of people that could take the blame on that. Myself included, I guess, in part. I have my own platform. I do my own thing, but I didn't see or hear from anybody that really wanted the job. I've met Steve Kennard. I like Steve Kennard. I don't know that he's got what it takes to win. I wish him well. And I think the other guy is Joe Collins. Again, don't know Joe Collins. Haven't met Joe Collins. So that's it. I I guess that wraps up uh, (laughs) my review of the Collin County Patriots uh, recommendations or endorsements, however you want to, choose to look at it and to be clear other than abraham george uh, darren mice and chad green and scott craig well of course daryl wow i guess i do have i have five endorsements so let's run through those one more time bob hall is not my district but of course endorse him Uh, we got keith self we got chad green chad green's an endorsement for sure bob hall of course um, Abraham George, Darren Mice, Scott Gregg, and Daryl Hale. Everything else, I think we've got fair enough choices. 
Let your conscience be your guide. Go and vote. Do the right thing. And remember, at the end of the primary, we're still all on the same team. And I really wish we would spend less time beating up the people on our own team and more time focusing on the other guys that seek to destroy this great state of Texas. And with that, this has been According to Callus, and I will see you on the other side.